Now, don't forget, we're doing a live client-only event in mid-October 2022. I'll be speaking. Ryan Griggs will be speaking. Dr. Paul Cleveland will be speaking. Our whole team will be there. You're going to have the opportunity to meet all of us, and you'll have the opportunity to meet other people, individuals that are practicing the infinite banking concept from all over the country. Iron sharpens iron, so you should be there. It'll be worth it. Look forward to meeting you. Look forward to seeing you. Be there. Be square. In this episode, my friend Dan sits down with me and he shares his experience early in his career with buy term and invest the difference. He's currently a paralegal, a real estate investor, and a pastor. We had a great time talking about the infinite banking concept. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Bank of Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nether. And today I'm excited to have my friend Dan on with us. He's uh, you know, agreed to take uh, his time and, and, and spend some of it with us. And I've been looking forward to this because he has a unique story like we all do, you know, but his, uh, he's got a, a unique perspective and, and, and I hope that we're able to touch on some of his early, um, insurance experience. Okay. Welcome to the show, Dan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Okay. Perfect. So, um, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Dan, and, uh, and, and I, you know, I kind of want to, I want to go back as far as you wish, but, you know, we're, you know, here to talk about the infinite bank concept and becoming your own banker and, 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 but I want to get a good, um, starting point from your experience and your history and then just share with us, you know, how you even got to the, to the point that we're sitting here having a conversation about, you know, this idea that one can become their own banker. Sure. Well, you know, I, I um, growing up, I really wasn't exposed to too many money concepts. I mean, I, you know, I hate to admit it, but I, I never was even taught, even taught how to balance a checkbook. I saw my parents do it. Um, they never really explained how they did it and what they were doing. You know, a lot of things that I learned in the money world, I learned by accident, um, probably the hard way. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and I got into the insurance industry, um, well, probably late 80s. Uh, with a company that was um, promoting uh, the concept of, you know, buy term and invest a difference. And um, honestly, for a number of years, you know, up until probably two, three years ago, um, you know, that concept made sense to me. Um, you know, we, when we were in the industry and we would you know, look at, look at uh, people's policies and we would, um, you know, we would approach it from the standpoint of, get the most insurance for the least amount of money, you know, and then you invest the, the, the difference in your premiums that you're not paying in some kind of a security that will, you know, grow, grow at a faster rate, you know, hypothetically. Um, the challenge with that is even with my own, my own experience with buying the, uh, the term policies and things that were, you know, for those, those uh, programs is, you, you run out of insurance at some point and it's, it's done. And, you know, if you got into it because you wanted to get the cheapest amount, the most amount, the cheapest, you probably didn't allot anything for anything over the premium you were paying because you wanted the cheapest. And that's, that's kind of the breakdown of the whole mindset is, is that, you know, people will buy into these insurance terms, 20 year terms, whatever it is. And then at the end of the year, end of those terms, they got nothing to show for it all. And like with me, I, I had nothing. Um, you know, I, I um, 
the, the concepts made sense, but but the fact of the matter is, is we weren't looking at the the the, the here and now reality that that you know folks in the in the um, the money world know about utilizing um, you know specific whole life policies for building wealth right now. Um, now that I'm on this end of it, because I am in the real estate investing industry too, it makes total sense. And it's just common sense, but why, why the system never taught us this, you know, coming up through it, it it's just mind boggling. Um, you know, I have my reasons for that, but it's, it's a real shame that it's not, it's not more widespread, you know, you can utilize these concepts to, you know, it become independent of the system that we're we're in, and really, you manage the whole deal. You can manage the, the system. Cannot teach you the system that needs you to be dependent. Cannot teach you to be independent. Yes, you know, just, it can't happen. So, um, so I want to go back. You grew up in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, right? Actually, I, actually, I grew up. In, I grew up in Colorado. Oh, okay. And then I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, and I lived okay. there for a number of years. Well, was there some kind of connection? Cause, and I don't want to, you know, put words in your mouth, and but, and I don't really ever mention life insurance companies, but I'll make an exception here. Was that? Are you talking about A.L. Williams? Is that yeah, where you got the training? Yeah, <laughs> because I was exposed to that, uh, you know, early in my career, and and he worked with the company that I started with when I was went into the financial world permanently in uh, 1991 i went to work with Watt ellen reed a fortune 500 yeah. company yeah. and and that's what they own tons of life insurance companies they still own them today they had a mutual fund family they grew into two and i think they've sold their mutual fund family i don't know i don't really keep up with them but he worked with them he was a regional uh rep with them and their philosophy was buy term and invest the difference or whatever it was. It was buy term and invest the rest. I think it was buy term and invest the difference. And then he, he did buy term and invest the rest or something like that. Um, so that's the way I got into it. Right. And I fully believe that term was the way to go and the market was always going to go up. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, and I know this is not about me, but I'm just saying that, you know, I quickly learned the market didn't always go up. And, and at that time I was sitting next to, we were all registered representatives, you know, we all geared up to sell those securities and, and all that. Um, but I was sitting next to guys who were, were talking about the, uh, uh, you know, inflationary stag, stagflationary period that they went through in the oil crisis 71 and 73 and all the market you know and i was getting their experiences you know secondhand um and i never did really make that connection that oh markets don't always go up you know but here they were they they were doing the same thing you know they believed that mutual funds and the markets were gonna the end all to be all and and uh and term was the way to go so i learned firsthand that the market didn't go all the way up but also going to work at Watt Allen Reed you know I'm a green bean and uh, you know they give you a whole book of orphan accounts right so these orphan accounts are clients that they have that nobody services because there's such a high turnover in the financial services industry right so 
they give you this big old book of orphans and they say, go get them, you know, Tiger, go sell them something new, right? And I had a lot of conversations with a lot of those clients and uh, I learned then that they didn't, we don't, they didn't, and we don't necessarily outlive the need for a death benefit. You know, so the fundamental beliefs of this philosophy of buy term and invest the difference, you know, started uh, having cracks in the foundation early, early in my career. Um, but, you know, how, how, tell me about your experience with that, you know, A.O. Williams and buy term and invest the difference. You know, how long did you do that? Did you, you know, were you hounding your families or? Uh, well, I think I was in it for a couple of years and then I got married and we moved to Phoenix. So I, I just I kind of got out of it. But um, yeah, it's, it was one of those deals where, you know, of course, the only focus was on the death benefit. That's it. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, I, I looked at a number of people's policies that, yeah, we were looking at cash value. You know, we would do, we would, we would calculate out, you know, looking at their, their policies and things like that. And then we basically work up something that, you know, we can get you X amount of death benefit for, for you know, half the amount or whatever. But it didn't address, it didn't address any of the right now issues, um, you know, that we talked about that, um, you know, that, that Nelson mentions in his book about becoming an independent system and, you know, building your own bank, banking system yourself finance your life and didn't deal with any of that i did have people along the way that would that would say you know i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not switching because they knew something i didn't know but but they never told me what that was so (laughs) anyway that's kind of my experience is that you know i did run into some folks along the way that they uh they held on to the policies but they did it because they knew something i didn't know and and uh you know i wish i did i wish i had known it back then yeah, I ran into a few of those back then, way back, and um, and I still think about them from time to time now. You know, I mean, those are years gone by. They're probably, you know, they probably already graduated. But you know, the whole the whole goal was to uh, replace the whole life policies, right? Yeah. Just focus on that cash value, then use some kind of assumptive rate of return, and create that mountain graph of lies of what it could grow into, and. Look at how much money you saved, and that you know by paying this cheaper premium and investing the difference. And they never really talked about other than, well, you'll be self-insured at that time. Look and see, this money's going to grow into a million dollars, so then you don't need a million dollars in death benefit or whatever the numbers were, right? And uh, you know, my question is always, well, which one didn't happen? You know. Um, anyway, and you you still run into that today. I do, and. You know, as far as, oh, the focus is on the death benefit solely. So why would I pay, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 or whatever the number is for this death benefit? It's like, no, you're getting the death benefit because life insurance doesn't come any other way. You know, you, you just can't buy life insurance without a death benefit. And then, two, the infinite banking world um, quite often overly diminishes the value of the death benefit, which um, there's there's a real value in the death benefit. You know, the cash value, and I mean, the whole policy is a derivative of the death benefit. You know, mm-hmm. the cash value is a net present value of the future death benefit. Um, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna finance, and I am, 
you know, the um, I'm borrowing against a cash value, right? That's a collateral. But then the death benefit is collateralizing the growth of that, you know, outstanding loan. Um, yeah. So there's a real value in the death benefit is my point there. Yes. And, you know, there's still these guys, these these people out there that uh, that can't get past the the uh, the death benefit and the premium relationship, and that's all they focus on. And they, you know, promote term to this day. And I really wonder sometimes if they can even spell the word insurance. I mean, not to be overly disparaging, but that's the only thing that they focus on sometimes anyway they're still out there um but the good news is uh there's a lot more information out on the on the internet in the big wide world it's not all good but you hear a lot of the opposing counterpoints and views so i think there's hope yeah the information is a lot more readily available now it's, it's you know i think I, I found you guys on uh, youtube your podcasts and um you know it's it's just a there's so much there's no reason for people to be ignorant anymore. There's no, there's no reason for it. Yeah. Um, other than just not wanting to know, which I guess is an option, but, um, yeah, it's not very good. It's not very good. <laughs> no. but, but, you know, there's some people out there. They don't want to know. They don't want to know what the, they don't want. They don't want to know anything different than what they're doing, yeah. you know, which is, which is all right. So, well, what do you do now? You know, I mean, so you went these years of, uh, well, you got out of life insurance and then moved. I mean, what? So, what have you done in between? So, the- so right now, I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of wearing a number of different hats. I'm I'm a real estate investor. I'm a, a paralegal at a law firm, and I also pastor a church. So, I uh, got a number of different things going on at the same time. But um, that's a full schedule right there. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely is. But uh, you know the, the uh, financial industry has always been very interesting to me. I I've read a number of books and and I have an ever increasing library. It seems like I'm along those lines. So um, right now I'm just focusing on trying to uh, assimilate uh, all of the things that I want to pass on to my children and uh, try to get get those uh, ideas and thought processes into them best I can or you know the best is that we can do. So. That's kind of my focus at this point. I got it. I got it. So we've probably known each other about two years, roughly, right? Yeah. And yeah. so you discovered us like on YouTube, like you said, and and then it just you just go down the rabbit hole really whenever you get exposed to the idea, then all the suggested videos come up and you know, how long did you spend uh, you know, consuming content? Because but in in if your philosophy has been, you know, buy term and invest the difference. And then you start hearing about this and then you, and I get it, you're, you're a real estate investor and then you, you know, start making the connections. But that's an interesting journey that I would, your thought process, that, you know, that, that journey, your thought process going through that journey. Was it hard for you? Well, front, it was a little hard to wrap my mind around the concepts, you know, um, but, you know, I've, I've, already, I've done, there's, there's enough of a groundwork laid to transition from thinking like consumers to thinking like, you know, somebody like entrepreneurs. I, I, I had my own business for 13 years. So 
uh, prior to all of this. So making the transition in your thought process from being a consumer to, you know, everything has to be cheap and it has to be, you know, get the, get the most you can get for the cheapest amount of money. Um, in the business world, that doesn't really pan out because you kind of get what you pay for. <laughs> Whether it's contracting services or anything, it just doesn't pan out. And so when I came over into, you know, really kind of getting over into the into, into real estate investing, obviously, you know, the idea is you leverage, you leverage capital. But to leverage capital, you have, have to have access to capital. You know, and you're either going to get it from somebody else, you know, other people's money, OEM, or you're going you know, to create it, you, you know, you're going to have a pool to draw from from yourself. So. That's really where the infinite banking concept really struck a chord with me is because I began to realize, because I've been thinking along these lines really for quite a number of years, there's got to be a way to get independent from all of these external um, systems or whatever that are trying to steer you in certain directions. And after a while, you kind of start recognizing, you know, when, when people are scoffing when you mention a subject, Usually that's there because either A, they don't know anything about it, and B, they're trying to steer you in another direction. It's not in your own best interest. So, you know, you kind of pick up on these things over the years, and that's really what got me keying in on this because I, I recognize the, the core of this concept, infinity banking, becoming your own banker, is, is really where we need to end up. We need to be there. You know, we need to, we need to, like Nelson says in his book, pass it on from generation to generation to generation. You know, when I was younger, my father didn't give me a whole life policy. And, but because there wasn't any education attached to it, it had no value to me. Because all I knew was by term invested difference, this is the enemy. <laughs> and I ended up cashing it out because I, I didn't know anything else. And uh, so it's been, it's been an interesting journey. And I, you know, I, you know, I told my son, I said, look, you're, you're 30 years old. You have an opportunity to do something and get some insight that I didn't, didn't have because of the, you know, the, the, the media availability or whatever. And so, you know, my encouragement to him was just get in and, and learn about this and, 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 and plug into it because it's going to take you, you know, when you're my age, you'll, you'll be so much farther along that I ever that I am now and, and where you know when I start well is, is he doing it I mean I don't want to put him on the spot and yeah I mean he's just he's just getting into it I, I just sent him uh, I sent him the book uh, Becoming Your Old Banker and um, I sent him a, uh, some podcast links for, for your your podcast well, hopefully he'll plug in and... perfect I mean I hope so too it's it's uh you know, I mean, for me, you know, my dad was pretty smart and, and I listened to him. But, you know, when I was about, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there, I stopped listening to him and I thought I knew better. And, yeah, you know, and they go from, uh, you know, you think they're marginally intelligent, right, to the older you get, the smarter they get. Right. So, you know, my dad graduated probably 15 yeah, about 15 years ago. So, and my point here is, when I was when I was 30, I thought he was pretty smart. When I when I was 40, I knew he was damn smart. You know, and the older I got, the smarter he got. So, 
you know, I'm hoping that your son is listening yeah. to you, you know, even by osmosis and, you know, but you're leading the way. So, yeah, you know, you know, I wish we, I wish we were better at, uh, the, the, the younger generations. And I think we did it too. You just mentioned yourself. I did the same thing. I wish we were, we were better at, at younger age, recognizing what wisdom looked like mm-hmm. instead of dismissing the, the older generation as well. We, you, you're just not in touch technologically. Okay. Maybe, but what about exposure to the big picture? Yeah. You know, is he your only child? No, I've got a, I've got a daughter also. Both of them are married, and uh, yeah, I've been I've been passing some information along to her too. And you know, you know whether she, uh, she, you know, they're both pretty smart kids. So I, I have confidence at some point they'll they'll see some things then. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will. So, um, was it, you know, when you're when you're from the background of uh, kind of the buy term and invest the difference and. Um, you know, at your age and at my age, it's sometimes really hard to get password life insurance, but that wasn't your case because you had experience with life insurance, but it had to be the whole life part that was, I mean, did it, was it a bit of a struggle or, you know, uh, how, how long, what did you do? What did you listen to, you know, to be okay with high cash value? Well, I listen to I listen to a number of your podcasts, and and uh, there's some other folks out there, that are, you know, talking about uh, infinity banking in the real estate world, and um, just repeated exposure to it. You know, I, I'm not naive. I, I, I get that. You know, in my days in the insurance industry, there were maybe some universal life policies or whatever that, that weren't necessarily geared for the the policyholders' best interest. I, I get that, but um, just just the, 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 the repeat exposure to the concept of, you know, self-capitalization, really. Um, it just makes total sense, but you, you got to stop thinking like, you know, a consumer and start thinking, of, thinking like an entrepreneur or a business owner, you know, because if you plug those concepts into those environments, it's 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 a no brainer. But most most folks aren't in those environments, and everything reinforces them to stay out of those environments, to where they just think about you know buying cheap, trying to get the most you can, and you don't you're not thinking like um, you know I knew back in the late '80s I knew that you know there was the ultra wealthy that used insurance policies. But I didn't know how they used them. Hmm. None of that information was ever explained. And it was always focused on, you know, insurance is the death benefit. I mean, you've you've heard it said, I'm sure, that it's not life insurance, it's death insurance. Hmm. Well, yeah, in that environment, you could say that, but but not when you're talking about the infinity banking concept, it's, it's both. Why are we not being taught this? You know, why are people not being taught? And you're doing it now, but back in my day, I didn't know of anybody that was teaching it. And it would have made more sense if I could have made the jump from being a consumer to being a business owner. And being a business owner requires, you know, capitalization so that you can actually fund your business. 
this is just fun in your life, you know, long term. So, yeah, the number one cause of business failure is undercapitalization. Yeah. You know, go figure. Right. Well, you know, when Nelson, you know, published his book, I believe it was in 2000, um, you know, becoming your own banker, unlocking the infinite banking concept. Um, I don't think I, and, and of course, you know, his stories is, is in the front of that book and, and it, this all developed in, uh, 1980. Of course he has a previous experience to that. He was a life insurance agent. He was an Austrian economist. He was, uh, you know, educated as a forester, um, so I mean, he had all of that experience to, to up to that point, right? And he he has his uh, operation, and 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 then you know it dawns on him. And of course, his real estate—he was a real estate investor too. His real estate—he um, uh, was very successful real estate investor. But some of the consequences of a of a market correction. Yes. You know, abruptly get your attention when it's you've great. got a no, yeah. yeah. There's no problem till there's a problem. You know, you got all this <laughs> leverage out there, and then uh, you know, and then the the bankers, you know, start calling loans and interest rates go through the roof, and you know, then it's a problem, right? Um, and I, I'm just saying that you know, he he printed the book in 2000, but you know, he's, he's, he spoke all over the country for 20 years. And even after he printed the book, you know, he, he continued speaking all the way up to 20, you know, 17 and 2018. Right. Um, so he was out there doing the work, but nobody, nobody like picks it up and promotes it, you know, other than a few insurance agents along the way. And he helps a lot of people. A lot of people are aware of it, but all these people across the country, can you imagine, you know, you being in, in the, in the late eighties or the early nineties practicing this? I mean, how many people could you have possibly run across that do, that, that was doing, that would be doing the same thing or that was doing the same thing? You know, it's like right now, wherever you're at right now, um, how many people do you know that are doing this, right? And then, you know, how many people can you even share it with? And it's like, oh, yeah, I pay substantial premium and whole life insurance. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you're a fool. Why would you ever do that? Where, you know, my raising eyebrow today because of a market correction, right? They're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, the market's down, maybe. And But uh, I, I'm just saying that there's a long time period, 1980, to printing of the book in 2000 and how, how relatively few people were even exposed to the idea. Right. And now here we are in 2022. I mean, this is 40 years later. Right. And, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's making progress, but there's still a, most people don't know anything about it, you know? So I'm yeah. just saying it's, it's, it's interesting. But the, uh, you know, the, just like job security, you know, it's a broad front pushing back the frontiers of ignorance or expanding the frontiers of, of knowledge. Um, and I think it's a worthy effort. 
and I don't I didn't mean to go on a rant, but I'm just saying when you like in the industry that you were in, AOE by term and invest the difference, you know, you talk to a few people that they knew something that you didn't know, but they weren't really, you know, telling you what they knew. And maybe they couldn't even articulate what they were doing. Yeah, probably that. Yeah. Um but just just imagine if you were a guy out there, you know, doing this at that time. You know, mind boggling. Sure, yeah. So, all right. So what? Well, so what's going on now? Have you have you uh, thought about using this within your church? You know, do you use it within your church, or you know, do you have you integrated it with your real estate, or you know, as much as you will? And I don't want you to you know talk about anything that you don't want to. But, oh, sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's at this point, it's it's a personal thing for me now. It's um, at some point once I. Once I um, kind of get the green light, so to speak, I'll, I'll probably introduce some folks in my church. Um, but it, for me, I, it's it's a relatively new um, exposure. And so I've got it implemented in my life. We're going to utilize it to, um, you know, fund real estate uh, in the future. And, you know, the other things, um, you know, the thing that the thing I like about what Nelson put in his book is really it's, it's it's developmentally, it can be expanded in a number of different areas. And you start off just you know self capitalizing your life, and then you can eliminate the car loan, eliminate the mortgage, eliminate you know. So you can start wherever you're at, and just kind of expand into all the other areas until finally you've self capitalized everything in your life: your cars, your your houses you know, any other external real estate other than your, your primary residence. So I like the fact that it's it's not, you, you have to start here and you can't start there. You, you're, you know, you're, you can't you can't start. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm uh, just getting it implemented in my own personal life. Um, and, you know, we're going to take it to um, take care of our vehicles at some point and then external real estate beyond our, our, our uh, personal residence and and, uh, you know, and keep going from there. So, yeah. Well, I, I, that's, you know, important. Just uh, a good, solid focus on capitalization. You know, you also see uh, on the internet, the big wide world, how, you know, you, you have to immediately do something with your cash values. You know, like there's something that needs to be done in addition to, you know, accumulating cash value, like immediately. Um, and it's okay, in my opinion, just to like take a deep breath, relax, and focus on paying premiums. You know, the cash value is going to grow. It's going to grow faster than you think. You're going to look back and say, oh, wow, I got that much in there. And and then the opportunities, you know, just naturally present themselves. You know, it's going to become right. evident whether, you know, you should do this or that or whatever it is. We don't have to, you know – be uncomfortable and therefore looking for something to do, something to go borrow to take advantage of. Um, so I like that, you know, just building capital. There's nothing in the yeah. world wrong with that. I mean, yeah. And I appreciate that. I appreciate Nelson's outlook on that. And, you know, it's a long-term, you know, he, he presents 40 year time frame. You know, I, I believe in God, I'm going to have 40 years. <laughs> Right, but your so, children, uh, do yeah, 
it's, it, it, I think it's a great, I, I think it's great because it, it, it forces people to unhook from the immediate here and now. I got to, you know, I got to, I got to satisfy the immediate. Um, and um, it's just, it, it's just so beneficial in so many different areas. So is it, was it a, a transition, a difficult transition for you to change from whatever you were doing is wherever you were putting your money you know, prior to learning this, was that a difficult um, transition for you? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, getting your mind around this concept is, um, it's a process. And, you know, I think there's still areas that I'm working on to get the insight into so I can make the transition. Because I know there's, I know there's more, there's more money out there that I can funnel into what I've got. I just got to figure out what does that look like and how do I do that? Um, so, I mean, it's an ongoing process. I think you, I think you can never stop, um, you know, exposing yourself to the inside. And, you know, like Nelson was mentioning in the book, you know, he talks about imagination. You got to constantly be, you know, developing that because otherwise we're not trained to foster and develop our imaginations. The system doesn't allow us to do that. You know, from an early age, you're, as a kid, you're told, you know, that you, you don't want to get too crazy. You don't want to get too, everybody's trying to constantly put you back in the box. You know, the whole system is that way. So um, that's where I'm at right now. I, I'm just constantly looking to uh, continually expose myself to the ideas, the concepts. And and I, you know, because I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm also looking for the Lord to give me some, you know, insight wisdom on how to implement things so it's not just a principle but i can a light will turn on is oh yeah i can i can use that to do this you know move this money over or whatever so um you know yeah it's 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 an ongoing process i think yeah no i agree it's like about the time you figure something out and oh i got it and you see something that you didn't see yeah it's which is good you know i mean that's continual growth Right. Um, yeah. It's just a continual expansion of the way you think and the way you see things, and so that's 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 very important. Yeah. You know, I think a, a a tragedy would be if we just got comfortable and quit wondering and quit thinking. You know, quit trying to imagine something new, different, and better. That would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's. Um, I. Um, as I, I've gone through the book a number of times and, and, you know, one of the things that struck me was uh, um, the there was a quote in there from Will Rogers. He said, basically, um, something to the effect of, you know, the problem with people is not what they don't know. It's what they think they know that ain't so, yep. you know, and, and that's kind of, I don't know if it's, it's just, I guess it's a human thing that we all want to be an expert. But you don't grow until you're until you're willing to admit, you know, I don't I don't have the insight in this. You know, I don't need to be the biggest one in the room on this on this content. So but maybe I should listen to somebody else who maybe has a little more insight than I do. So um, I think that that first step will go a long way in grasping this concept as a whole of infinite banking and realize that maybe maybe the sources that we listened to growing up 
or are listening to you now maybe don't really have the insight into it because you know there's 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 name brand money money commentators out there that do podcasts and all kinds of things and you know when they think when they look at this whole concept of infinite banking and becoming your own banker they they do what we talked about they scoff and they, and they try to talk their listener base out of it but it's only because they're mystifying all the concepts or some of the concepts and they don't understand they somewhere along the way they thought they were the expert in that field too yeah you know and it's and it, maybe it's not so maybe maybe you should be willing to look at it a little harder yep <clears throat> I, I think that that would uh do a lot of people most of us you know uh, a good service if you're willing to look at something you know it's uh you know if i'm if i'm only focused on one thing and i can't consider something new or something different um you know i'm, I'm gonna reap the results of that right i'm not gonna grow in certain areas now <clears throat> you know and i was talking about fundamental philosophy personal philosophy the other day with a young man and um, you know, there's some things in my life that I'm solid. We're not, you, you know, I'm not really going to have a debate whether God is God or whether salvation is real or not real or whether sure. you need it or I need it or, you know, there's just no debate. I'm not interested in that debate. I've moved on, you know. Um, but, you know, there's not really, my, and I'm married, you know, there's no debate about that in our relationship. You know, there's certain things that are not debatable, right? Exactly. Um, but then there are other things that, that okay, um, I would want someone with wisdom and understanding to interact with and engage with to challenge my thinking, you know, or to to just work through that. You know, iron does sharpen iron. It it just, period, it does. And so if, if I can't entertain the opposite of my belief, you know, it, it's uh, – I'm not I'm not benefiting myself and others as maybe as I could otherwise, right? If I can if I can hold or understand the opponent's um position that that's a, that's opposite of my position. You know, I can entertain both of those positions and consider both of them and be the better for it. Right? So if you know, whether that's by term and invested difference or whatever it is, you know, um I mean, I understand that, like, in the in the example of by term and invested difference, okay, then the the focus is on the death benefit and the cost of the death benefit. That's a very narrow um, viewpoint, yeah. uh, but but it is what it is, you know. And then we can also entertain the difference, you know. If I'm going to pay three hundred dollars for life insurance, whole life, or or you know. $25 for term and then we we can have the conversation about the $275 difference. You know, no problem. Um, but when you carry out any idea out to its foreseeable end that, that you have the ability to carry it forward, um, I want my thought process to be improved. I would. I want to be around and interact with individuals that can elevate my thinking, and um, and that's good. And it's good for me, and it's good for my my family and the other people that I'm around. So I like the idea of the opposition, right? 
Yes. Um, and, you know, if, if people didn't care, you know, they wouldn't tell me that I might be wrong here or there. Right? If people didn't care that I was wrong, they wouldn't tell me. Would they? I mean, it's not the way I see it. It's like the people that tell you wrong. I'm not talking about the internet trolls. I'm not talking about trolls yeah, or they just want to argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about <laughs> you know. You'd have to genuinely care for someone, in my opinion, to say, "Hey, you know, you should reconsider this, or you should look at that, or you, you're, you know, you're thinking is uh, a little off here or a little off there, and this is why." So, you know, just in the big in the, in the big wide world of life, the uh, interaction between you know, fellow men is uh, is an improvement. Yeah. So I'm not even yeah. trying to go down a philosophical path there, but um, it's okay to hear the opposition, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it also it has to do with the, you know, what input you're choosing to hook into also. I mean, it makes a big difference. You know, yeah. we, we, in the, in the, you know, positive thinking world, we, talk about you know you don't want to you only want to you only want to connect into the 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 vein of thinking that's going to you know make you better and, and these kinds of things and and you know i do agree with that but at the same time you take the the concepts of by term invested difference and you know most of my married life i gotta be honest with you james most of my married life i still had that mentality mm -hmm. i even i even raised my children with that mentality um, you know, I talked to him a number of times, you know, about that, you know, thinking that I had the ultimate wisdom on the idea. And uh, it's uh, when you are willing to pan back and look at a bigger picture, not just the least for the most. And you realize that the, the whole the whole product if it's designed correctly, can do both. It can take. It can work for you now in this life, and also it can be something you can pass on, and it can be a generational thing, like Nelson teaches, talks about in his book. Uh, then it, it's got far more value, I think, in the long term. Is if the education hits every generation along the way, and they're willing to to pan back and consider the larger perspective on it and, and value what it could do. And uh, just, uh, keep going. No, just not just, um, you know, see it for, you know, the, the, the right now monetary, you know, and try to get the least for the most, the most for the least. Um, that whole thing's got to be it's got to be taught generationally we've got to be able to to get generations unhooked from the system and uh, I think it's happening I, I, I see it happening I mean just on a national level people are starting to unhook and realize hey wait a minute um, you know we have a whole generation of um, the younger generation who they, they, they kind of see it as a badge of honor anyway unhooked from the system so how much better would it be for them to connect into the, the right sources of information that will cause them to land in the right place down the road? You know, and not, not just be unique for uniqueness, but actually to, to recognize what wisdom is. Recognize that, you know, I've, I've told my kids this before, 
we've got to come to a place in our generations where the younger generation recognizes what the fingerprint of wisdom looked like in the previous generation and then grab onto that and then build on it for their generation and do the same thing for the ones coming after them. Teach them how to recognize the fingerprint of wisdom. And that's where I think this is the strongest, especially in the time that we're living in right now with the system that's in place or trying to be put in place. Um, this is, this is this whole intimate or uh, infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker is it's, it's just, I believe it's time is now, you know, back in the eighties when I was in the insurance industry, you know, we're getting 5% on 5% in our savings accounts of the bank, you know, then the stock market's going skyrocketing. And so, you know, you could make certain arguments and they seem like they passed, but now there, there just isn't any. Not that's not that's really legitimate, considering the the big picture of where we're at, the the money system in the nation, the the systems that are trying to be implemented right now. There's there's just not there, there's no better time than now to see this system of infinite banking just completely just hit people's understanding and just the light goes on. Yeah, I agree with that, <clears throat> and I, I really like what you said earlier that you know your dad gave you the policy but not the knowledge or not the yeah. education and you know whatever level of knowledge he had you know um who knows whether they he'd borrowed against the policy you know if you have cash value or account value you have a loan provision but you know it's hard to convey that knowledge sometimes and uh but being the example, it's just like you said, you know, you didn't really teach you how to balance a checkbook. You just observed them doing it. You know, then you figured it out. If, uh, you know, if we're able to teach this concept to our children, to the next succeeding generations, I think that accelerates this this idea that, that, that it's more widely accepted, more widely at practice. You know, the, it, that would just accelerate. And, you know, I can't wait for the day where most, the majority of the people can send their bankers packing. You know, yeah. oh my gosh, the banking, the fractional reserve banking system dying on the vine. Yes. I mean, that's right up to, you know, Jesus Christ returning, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but. Anyway, I'm doing my part, so I'm making an effort, and I know you are too. So, well, look, we've been going here for about about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, is there anything that you want to part with, or any points that you want to make or round out? Uh, I just want to encourage everybody. You know, if, if you haven't read the book um, "Becoming Your Own Banker," I mean, it's you know, man, you got to get a hold of it, and it's, it's something you got to read more than once. You know constantly go back to it and revisit it. I know there's a number of different editions out there, and I think was well, the sixth edition is probably the, the most recent one I, that I've found, but yeah, yeah. the whole concept of uh, infinity banking and becoming your own banker, it's uh, the time is now. I mean, uh, you know, I can take another hour of a podcast just to talk about all the things that are going down in the world and in the nation as far as the money system goes, but that's for another time. But um, it's just... This information, this education, and this philosophy of of doing life is priceless right now, and we, we've got to hook into it. 
I agree. We need to secede from the from the system. Yeah. So, all right, Dan. Well, listen. Thank you for taking the time to come on here and chit chat. And you know, you want to come back and talk about all the ills of the financial world. We can schedule <laughs> that up too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, well, thank you, Dan, for having me. I appreciate. It. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Have a good rest of your day and a great weekend. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content. 